This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner is Charlie Daggs, okay? He was a middle manager at a manufacturing company. He wants to break free, and he won the $100 I give out every Monday. For your chance to win, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes right now, and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Folks, many of you heard I made a big league acquisition of a business, nathanlacka.com forward slash send later is the name of the business. And I didn't want to give up equity to a developer because I'm a business guy. So what I did is I used a website to find a guy named He Shiming. I paid He over $12,000 to help me build send later. And the site that I am using now is called Topital at nathanlacka.com forward slash T-O-P. T-A-L. I will build Send Later into a big business and I will take it public by the time I turn 30. I'll tell you more later on in the episode. Top Tribe, this is episode 415. Coming up tomorrow morning, we hear from Neil Patel. He talks about his 4,000 new software as a service customers that he's getting just from YouTube on $100,000 worth of spend for his company, Crazy Egg. Top Tribe, good morning. Our guest today is Noah Rochetta. He's a CEO during the week and an adventurer on the weekends. He's got a love for photography, gadgets, and adventure sports that led to the development of over 50 products sold in stores all around the world. He's been featured on CBS's Innovation Nation along with many other shows. And he was on this show back in episode 30 about a year ago. We're going to pick up from there. Noah, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, I am. All right. So in episode 30, you talked about some challenges related to deals where you'd have to commit to getting a, you know, a company like, you know, a Radio Shack inventory, then they'd cancel. And how, are you still having those kinds of problems? Where's the business now? Yeah. So uh, what I've learned in the original deal, I think in the last show, we talked about uh, Walmart specifically and our yep. deal with Walmart and learning the ins and outs of, of working with those big guys. Since then, uh, we've gone back to Walmart. So we're, we're selling in Walmart again. We added AT&T Wireless and had a Wait, similar... Noah, take us, in, take us in the Walmart deal because, correct me if I'm wrong, you had Walmart had committed to you for a run and somebody coming and undercut you on price, they canceled. Then I guess you got them back. Is that right? Yeah. So what happened is the, the Walmart deal, they wanted to move. They wanted to keep our product in the photography aisle, even though it's a smartphone photography accessory. Mm. So they, they cut down about three quarters of their photography related products, including ours. We tried to convince them that it was never a photography product. It was a smartphone accessory and they didn't really bother or care to do anything with it. They just cut it. Um, and then Almost a year later in negotiations, um, they put us back in the smartphone photography, the smartphone aisle. So, um, and the product is surprisingly doing very well. So, <laughs> not surprisingly, you knew it would do well if they just put it in the right section, right? Oh, right. That's what we were trying to convince them all along. It's like a told you so moment, right? It was, yeah. 
So walk us through that deal. What you know, people listening right now that have a physical product that are looking to get a deal with Walmart. What does the Walmart deal look like? Um, it, it's kind of tricky because uh, in my experience with with Walmart and uh, AT and T Wireless, uh, they do what they want and and they really try to push you. And I I had such a bad taste in my mouth from the last Walmart deal that I just wasn't willing to do it unless it worked out well for us. So there were three or four times when they when I would when I told them, okay, the deal's over, we we don't want to be in Walmart. And then a day would go by and then they would come back and renegotiate. That happened four different times and I was shocked because the first time around we did whatever they asked us. And the and the second time I I, I knew it wasn't worth it if we were gonna go through the same experience. So I felt like I had nothing to lose and that made the deal negotiation much easier because I, because I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't care so much if it didn't work. So I want to talk more about the deal in a second, but first for people that haven't heard of you before, tell us what, what your business is and what you sell. Yeah. So we develop and manufacture photography accessories for smartphones, uh, tablets and, and high end professional photography, uh, tripods, monopods, dollies, uh, this year, and I think this influenced the the Walmart deal. We were featured on CBS's uh, Innovation Nation with Mo Roca, uh-huh. and when they featured us, we had a, a massive influx of of orders and just general interest in our brand. And, and they they featured a new product of ours, a a handheld uh, Steadicam for your phone, a gimbal. Um, How much of that sold in the first uh, three weeks of it being featured? You know, it was in the first 48 hours of being featured that we, we, within 48 hours, we were two months backordered. So what does that mean? How many units did you sell of that, of that product? Oh, um, close to a thousand. And that's a, that's a high end product of ours that we don't sell a lot of, uh, it's it's $350 item. Okay. And typically we sell, uh, you know, $30 accessories, smartphone accessories. Yep. So we introduce this new high end product and, and see it's how the gimbal, it's going right? to go. Yeah. The gimbal. Yeah. Um, and, and then once it was featured, yeah, it, it just became super popular. And we've been, we've been struggling to meet with demand ever since. Yeah. We have it under control now, but, but just enough to where if we, if something else like that happened, we would be behind again. So it's been yeah. a great problem to have. Yeah, that's good. So, so uh, what, uh, walk us through real quick. What year did you found the company in? 2010. Okay. So we are, we talked about early revenues in the last episode, episode 30. What was total 2015 revenue? Just so people can get a sense of size. Uh, two and a half million. Okay. Two and a half million. And what, what will you be really happy to do this year? Uh, three. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. One, one per kid, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the college funds. Okay. So let's dive into, let's dive into the economics around this gimbal. Again, the one feature on Innovation Nation, it's price points, 350 bucks. Get, you, you are an expert from what I've learned from you in kind of supply chain management because you've been through the fire basically. So what are your cost of goods sold on the $350 uh, gimlet? On, on the gimbal, um, or gimbal, sorry. All said yeah. and done, uh, with shipping, it's about a uh, hundred and sixty dollars. Okay, one hundred and sixty bucks. So your gro- what is your gross margin on that? I can't do the math that fast. Um, like yeah, forty-five percent ish. Yeah, forty-five percent. Yeah. Yep. 
Cool. So gross margin is 45%. And then uh, talk to us about kind of net margin. What costs are in there? Do you have advertising expenses or salaries or anything like that? Yeah. So a lot gets lost in that, in the, in the margins that you give to distributors. So the tricky thing with an item like this, at least for us, our margins on all of our other products um, are, are very favorable for the reseller. So then we introduce a new product like this and we have to cut back on their profit margin. And they don't, at first they're like, no, we, we want the same margin we get on your other products, but this one isn't priced to work that way. So that took a little bit of, of negotiating to What to do you train. mean? It's because like, it's so expensive? Yeah, yeah, because we have to factor in, like typically a, a reseller like Walmart, for example, takes 60% off of, off of the top. So off of MSRP. So if we did, if we were doing the gimbal at, at, uh, at $350 and they're taking 60% off, that means they want to buy it at 140, which is less than what it costs Cost me to sold. make it. Yeah. So that, that negotiation, it's like, well, we already, we already have this product and it's working. So they just want to replicate that, but we can't with this product. So it takes more negotiation to get them to, to fluctuate with their norm, at least in that industry, consumer electronic industry, and 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 take a smaller cut. So the 160 you told me of the 350 is that all? That's just the gross margin only on sales through your website, or is that in store margins too? Uh, no, so, so in store margins are, are different. We've had to we've had to price it quite differently. So uh, in store margins, they're getting at let's see for. 260. Yeah, so we're making about a hundred uh, on on when we sell sell it to a retailer. Got it. So AT and T is buying uh, you know a thousand of them for uh, two hundred sixty bucks a pop, and then you're marking they're marking it up a hundred, and you're like, how do you make a hundred out of that? Well, so AT and T doesn't carry this product. We we would have to negotiate something like that for them to carry it. Who, tell um, us a story about so, someone who is carrying it. Uh, B and H photo, for example. Okay. B&H so what do they pay? Does pretty well with it. And they pay, uh, two, they pay two forty for it. Okay. My cost is one sixty landed cost. So we're making about $80. Got it. And they mark it up to what? Three fifty, three sixty. Uh, three fifty. Yeah. It has to be marked at three fifty. That's our yeah, minimum. So, so they can't, they can't beat your website price basically. Right. right? Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, how are you getting, so again, we've talked a lot about gross margins. The big costs are the costs of the, you know, the wholesaler, like, like the book, the place you just articulated, uh, and also just your hard costs of goods sold. Um, what other expenses do you have? So like, are you spending a bunch of money on advertising or how are you driving new sales? Yeah, we do spend money on advertising through, uh, Google AdWords and, and Facebook advertising. And we have it on the gimbal, for example, as, as the example, uh, it costs us about $30, $30 to acquire a sale. Got it. So $30. So, so again, you're, you're clearing about a hundred, right? Uh, right when you're selling on your website or about 160 when you're selling on your website, um, after cost of goods sold, yeah. take 30 more yeah. out of the 160. So you're at 130 now for advertising expenses. What other costs are associated with that sale? Um, just our general overhead expenses. And that's kind of just spread out over everything, all the different products. Yeah. How many people do you have now? That's typically the biggest expense there. Um, we have actually decreased our, let's see, last time we spoke, we had five. Now uh-huh. I have um, three. So we, we consolidated our shipping and fulfillment to bring, bring it in house. We were outsourcing it before. 
And now we're doing everything in-house between the three of us, trying to keep it as tight as we can. Revenue per employee goes up. That's a good thing. Yeah. So yeah, are you managing Are you managing the business to basically a zero net margin? So you're reinvesting everything back in ads and product development? Yeah, right now. And we're getting ready to finally stop doing that because I mean, we started with one product. And right now we've got close to 60 or 70 SKUs now. Ooh, okay. It's been insane in five years. So uh, I'm ready to throttle back on the product development and, and, and let it start writing kind of the top of that plateau. Yep. That's smart. What about uh, in terms of order volume? So how many individual customers have bought at least one thing from your company? Individual customers, like just a, yep. a consumer. Yep. Oh, um, probably. Uh, uh, I'd have to check. I want to say close to fifty thousand. Does that include like if Walmart buys it once and then they, you know, th- their customers no, no. buy? No, not okay. at all. What would it be if it included the wholesale stuff or the uh, retail if we stuff? Included all of it. I, I would have to. I, I'm guessing it would be somewhere at the top of. Uh, close to six or 700,000. Wow. So the majority of your sales are coming through these retail outlets. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So 70 SKUs, maybe around 600,000 individual customers. What about things like reorder rate? Are you tracking that? Uh, we do on our website. Yeah. What is it? So on our, on our website, it takes an, a, a customer an average of three to four days before they buy it. They've been browsing three to four days. Then they'll buy their first order and then they'll end up placing an average of three orders over their lifetime. Um, Interesting. That's that's part of introducing new products. They'll come back and buy it. And what is their average transaction size on the first purchase? On the first purchase, it's an average of uh, $45. Oh, wow. Okay, good. So, so, and yeah, I'm looking at some of the other products, you know, you've got things that are much less expensive than the gimbal, right? Like the the iPhone mount or the pocket shutter remote, things like that. Yep. So on the low end, our products are about nineteen ninety five, and then they go up. And we only have yep. one. The gimbal is the only one that's really high. Aside from the gimbal, the highest one for eye stabilizer would be um, uh, $59. Got it. And what about funding? Is this totally self-funded or are you just hustled since 2010? Yeah, it's been totally self-funded. And that's that's honestly been the hardest part of all of it, trying to maintain that growth doing self-funding all of it. Would you ever raise capital? I've looked into it a couple times and I just haven't had the right resources to do it. That's, uh, it's something I'm looking into even now trying to figure out how to, how to do this. So can we brainstorm real quick? What, what are you looking for? Like you said, you don't have the resources to do it. What do you mean by that? Um, so the gimbal, for example, I can't get it into stores. So someone like AT&T comes and says, we want the gimbal. I have to say no at this point I, because I don't have the capital to manufacture the, the volume that they would require because um, they have they have 2,300 stores. So to mm-hmm. produce that much inventory, I just don't have the capital. So I've been the gimbal. I've been throttling our sales because I, I can only grow as fast as I can maintain it on my own. So I've been looking for maybe some kind of a a partnership with a, an investment banker uh, all that's kind of new to me because i've never had to do it and i'm, I'm looking how much for would a, you want to raise um probably five hundred thousand. so not a whole and, lot yeah and is your preference to do that like where it's like a loan and they're gonna and you're gonna pay that back or would you prefer to give up a little section of equity 
Uh, I would, I'd be willing to give up a section of equity to, yeah. uh, I don't want to constrain my monthly capital. So yeah, yeah, that's smart. That's what you hear everyone on shark tank. When, when O'Leary offers some offer where you're paying a dividend off the top, it kills your, your cash flows. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, do you have a number what portion of equity you'd be willing to give up for somewhere around 500 grand? Um, I, I don't, I'd be pretty flexible though. I'm, I, I'm guessing somewhere in the 30 to 40 range. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I, I asked that question because a lot of times people come on the show and they get deals afterwards. Usually it's SaaS businesses, but we have a lot of investors that listen that also do consumer stuff. So, uh, maybe I'll make a few intros after this. Oh yeah, that'd be great. That's awesome. So, so, uh, this is fantastic. Noah, if people want to connect with you personally online and continue following this journey of yours, where can they connect with you? Um, the easiest is to connect through any of the social media channels on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And my username's Noah Rochetta on all three of those. All right, guys, very quickly, many of you heard I acquired Send Later at nathanlatka.com forward slash send later. And here's the thing. I don't want to hire a big team. I'm a business guy, though, so I need developers. So what I did is I found this little website. I found this guy named He Shiming. I paid him over $12,000 to help me keep building this business, which I will take public by the time I turn 30. So it's called Toptal. Okay, and what Toptal does, it's a network of elite pre-vetted software developers. Basically, I told Toptal what I was looking for. They search their network for the best people. They even test the candidates, which saves me time. And then they just said, Nathan, here, use this candidate. They meet your individual needs and boom, I'm off to the races. So once you pick someone on Toptal, you can start working with them the next day. Now, for my people, Toptal's offering a no-risk trial period that you can get at nathanlatka.com forward slash T-O-P-T-A-L. Again, nathanlatka.com forward slash Toptal to get started. This is perfect if you're a business person listening that doesn't know how to incentivize or find a technical co-founder. Go to nathanlatka.com forward slash Toptal and get started building your app now. Awesome. And top tribe, we will link that in the show notes at nathanlacka.com forward slash the top 415. Again, forward slash the top 415. All right, Noah, famous five time. You ready? I'm ready. Number one, what's your favorite business book? My favorite business book uh, recently, I just read um, Drive by Daniel yep. Pink. That's good. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, all along, it's always been, um, uh, the Virgin watching, watching, uh, Richard Branson. Richard Branson do his thing. Number three is their favorite online tool you have like FreshBooks. Yes. It's Asana. I love Asana. Yeah. That's a good one. Number four. Yes or no. You got three little ones. Are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? Eight hours? Uh, no, probably closer <laughs> to seven, six and a half. <laughs> all right. And, and yeah, obviously you're married three kids and how old are you, Noah? I am 37. So last question. Take us back 17 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, I would say just go for it because you figure things out as you go. And I've, I think it's, it's common to spend a lot of time trying to figure it out before you pull the trigger. And in my experience, you pull the trigger and then you figure it all out. <laughs> 
Top Tribe, there you have it. Pull the trigger, then figure it out from No. He's got three little ones, 37, 2010, launched iStabilizer. Last year in 2015, they did $2.5 million, sold to over 600,000-ish individual customers, having a lot of success with their new gimbal tool, uh, which is unique because it's priced higher than average, aiming to do $3 million bucks in 2016. Noah, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you very much. If you enjoy Know It Today, Top Tribe, go back and listen to Michael Litt yesterday. He runs a SaaS company called Vidyard, which has raised $70 million. His customers pay him on average $30,000 annually. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.